0: Thank you for the introduction. I should say, first of all, that uh, this paper is uh, condensed because I try to cover different aspects of what I call archaeopolitics, and it's part of a larger project on uh, the Greek crisis and the politics of the past. And also, you've got a couple of references to Cavafy, so the two uh, uh, papers are linked. In his book, uh, The Spectre of Comparisons, Nationalism, Southeast, Asia, and the World, Benedict Anderson makes, a reference, makes reference to the novel Noli Mitangere, which is Latin for touch me not, published in 1887 by Jose Rizal, who is considered as one of the national heroes of the Philippines during the colonization of the country by Spain. In this novel, a young mestizo hero returns to the Manila of the 1880s after a long sojourn in Europe. And looking at the municipal botanical gardens, he realizes that these gardens are are shadowed automatically and inescapably by images of their sister gardens in Europe. The novelist uh, names the agent of this double vision, uh, in Spanish, El Demonio de las Comparaciones, or the Spectre of Comparisons, a kind of double consciousness that precludes uh, one from experiencing one thing without immediately recalling recalling the other. It is such a specter of comparisons involving Greek antiquity that shapes and underpins Western imaginings of Greece. Just as in Rizal's novel, it is Chrysostomo uh, Ibarra, the main character, um, impossible ever after Uh, to experience Berlin without at once thinking of Manila, so to the West uh, is unable to experience Greece without thinking of and invoking ancient Greece. This specter of antiquity serves as a benchmark from which Western audiences and media interact with a modern country. Like a specter, the narrative of a European utopia or the historicized myth space in which the West Seek to discover itself, haunts Western depictions of the modern nation, and becomes the dominant portal to modern Greece. It is common for people to try to draw parallels between past and present, momentous events, and uh, compare the present crisis with other debt crises or traumatic experiences. History plays a significant role in the way Greeks negotiate the crisis, or in Kathy Caruth's uh, words, I quote, would say that the traumatic nature of history means that events are only historical to the extent that they implicate others. The embodiment of the past in the present suggests that the experience of the crisis is polytemporal, event involving past moments of suffering and the activation of the inherent latency of earlier traumatic experiences. Through the affective references to those moments, the crisis is historicized and temporalities collapse. As Walter Benjamin put it, I quote, every image of the past that is not recognized by the present as one of its own concerns threatens to disappear irretrievably. In the standoff between uh, Greece and um, the EU, uh, some saw parallels with the encounter in in 416 BC between the commanders of an Athenian fleet and the leaders of the small island of Milos. In his history of the Peloponnesian War, Thucydides presents the Athenians demanding that the Melians join the Delian League, a kind of Athenian imperialism. Um, uh, since the democracy Athens practiced at home did not extend to the governance of the League. Though the parallel for uh, short in many ways, what is highlighted here is the opposition of national sovereignty and supranational organization. The Troika bureaucrats are seen as little different from the Athenian delegation. Classicists explored further ancient Greek solutions for debt crisis and started comparing the present Greek crisis with the ways ancient Greek democracy resolved budgetary uh, crisis. It has been pointed out that today's politicians could draw important lessons from ancient Athens while public debate and frank discussion involving uh, the voters could actually build consensus for tough reforms. The connection of ancient and modern Greece can also be seen in the documentary on the Greek crisis, Agora, From Democracy to the Market, in 2015 by the internationally acclaimed filmmaker, yorgos Saviropoulos. Though appeals to Thucydides or Plato can confirm authority in real-world decision-making, Daniel Mendelssohn contends that scholars would be uh, better off studying the centuries of subjugation and humiliation endured by the Greek people than reading the Emelian Dialogue. For him, and Fortini uh, uh, mentioned this earlier, for him it is Cavafy and not Thucydides that some Greeks have turned to, to find the right poem uh, for the current uh, Greek crisis, which has revived memories of past suffering and traumas. Yet older people did not turn um, to ancient history or poetry, but started drawing comparisons between the experience of the crisis and massacres during the Greek War of Independence, for example, the Chios, and I think Philip Argenti, the uh, an anthropologist, is studying this, the 192 uh, catastrophe of Smyrna, and the forced exchange of populations between Greece and Turkey that ensued or the famine during the German occupation, and tried to fit it into a trauma discourse. The suffering of the past uh, was revived and contrasted with the austerity of the present. Even the former Greek finance minister, Yanis Varoufakis, speaking to an Australian newspaper on the anniversary of the Greek junta of 1967, said that the Greek government has to face a new type of coup d'etat, not with tanks, as in 1967, but through the banks. During the crisis, many foreign commentators and journalists um, have used ancient Greek mythology or imagery in order to illustrate the dire economic situations of the country and the predicament of its people. It has been claimed that ancient myths lend context to the swirl of acrimony and austerity, bailouts and brickmanship, and have plenty to say about hubris and ruin, order and chaos, boom and bust. Here are two characteristic um, uh, e- e- examples. Um, you have got it on um, the screen. Greece loves its epic tales, and the greatest of them is the story of Odysseus, the hero who took 10 years to find the way back to Ithaca at the end of the Trojan War. A modern version of the Odyssey began in Greece five years ago, this weekend, when the government in Athens admitted Uh, that it had cooked the books to make its budget deficit look much smaller than it actually was. Few thought uh, when the scandal would have serious ramifications or that the journey through the stormy seas of crisis was to take so long. And the other one, uh, again, uh, similar uh, lines. I'm not going to to read it. Um, The title of uh, an earlier article and Greece created Europe, the cultural legacy of a nation in crisis, recalls the Bible and projects Greece as God creator with Europe as its creation. By opening, I quote, let us not forget Europe began in Greece. The idea of the European continent as a cultural unity dates back to ancient Greece. The article presents Greece as something beyond the boundaries of historical time. And it concludes with a warning now that Greece is vilified, its attempt to reassert the democracy that is such a proud creation of ancient Athens is dumbed as a threat to the Eurozone, and a great history of Hellenic Europe is reduced to repeated and increasingly real references to an economic Greek tragedy. Greek tragedies, uh, also you will see them, or Greek drama in the titles and the headlines of the newspapers. In this final statement, the article not only overlooks the plight of the modern people, but also relegates it to secondary importance. The crisis is not as much, is not as much uh, of a threat to modern Greeks or Greek culture as it is to the heritage of the ancient past and the imagined Greece. The association of uh, uh, economics with ancient imagery is characteristic of a number of articles in The Economist. One of them utilizes two cartoons that imitate the kind of ancient art found on classical red-figure pottery. The first, you'll see on uh, the screen, uh, shows a charioteer uh, resplendent in the EU flag attempting to flee with piles of money, while a man in a suit, cast as a hoplite, uh, carries a shield emblazoned with a Euro sign. The second shows two suited men holding up a marble slab Uh, bearing a graph showing the decline of the Greek economy. On the right, a group of poorly clad uh, Greek citizens wait at the door, looking like victims of exclusion and are representing the suffering, working, and middle classes of Greece. In the background, the lofty Acropolis, which uh, both haunts and guards them, is being struck by lightning. The Acropolis can serve both as a judging authority and as an image that instantly conjures up ancient Greece and articulates the ever-present threat to the ancient Greek heritage. Depicting the Acropolis gives cartoonists and commentators a chance to contrast the lofty venerated past with the local downgraded surroundings that uh, represent the present and the modern. The lightning symbol of Olympians use implies that the ancient gods are angry because modern-day Greeks have somehow demeaned ancient Greece's heritage and cultural legacy. And the very language used in the article uh, draws upon ancient themes. This, combined with the connotations of the images, encourage the audience to uh, to view Greece through this antiquarian prism. It is clear from uh, uh, the above that Greek antiquity functions as a crucial symbolic resource in the annotation of modern Greece. It is a trope through which the Western media, and by extension the West, approach and portray Greece in crisis. And you could see some of this um, on the screen. Symbols, monuments, and heritage function as catalysts for understanding and recasting the modern in terms of the ancient. Audiences are invited to appreciate modernity through well-worn, accepted imaginings of the ancient Mediterranean world as the origin of civilization and home of the European spirit. Contemporary issues are on the, uh, on the one hand contextualized by ancient Greek imagery, uh, universally recognized, and on the other hand, decontextualized de- 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 through distance from the contemporary and the catch nature of the depictions. Such depictions are not confined to the realms of opinion pieces and travel writing, but permeate all genres. The portrait of an ancient Greek utopia comprising uh, a prestigious golden age of cultural excellence is a commonplace. This glorious ancient Greece is juxtaposed and contrasted with modernity. The modern and ancient are never in unison, not nor in harmony. Rather, the ancient past is set against the failures of modernity with a sense of irony. Antiquity is used to exclude modern Greeks from the discourse of Hellenic civility to constitute them as the inefficient other and to disengage the country's mythic status from its precarious present. The Greek crisis is translated against the Hellenic ideal or even against an antique stereotype. This frequent reference to the ancient Greek world in relation to the crisis is rather surprising considering that in other areas, the ties between classical and modern Greece are presented as tenuous, Um, and this applies, for example, when I say Greek literature, we mean ancient Greek literature. Though the notion of cultural continuity has been promoted by the Greeks, it has been consistently resisted by many Westerners. It resurfaces only in periods of crisis and for the purposes of unfavorable reporting or commentary. Ancient myths might offer journalists and commentators the opportunity to illustrate their stories and perhaps make them more appealing to their audiences. But this this deceptive connection aims to draw an implicit criticism by contrasting ancient glory with contemporary failures. Uh, Though there are allusions to to Greek antiquity in many articles in the Western media, there are more in cartoons and covers of periodicals, and we have seen some uh, yesterday, deploying ancient Greek imagery to illustrate the contemporary views with images from Cerberus to Aphrodite and the Minotaur to Sisyphus, the iconology of crisis in the Western media is very rich. The visual impact of these images is more potent than any written references and reinforces the narrative that the Greeks are responsible for the financial problems. These images typify the West's approach to the idea and the territory of Greece, a form of derealization defined as the displacement of the real from one's own relation with the object onto the object itself. In her study on the economic crisis and political cartoons, Lauren Talalay remarks that the cartoons may be suggesting something else as well. The West has long been conflicted about Greece's status as fully modern and European nation. These cartoons, thinly disguised with humor, seem to reinforce the idea that Greece is still deemed situated at the margins of Europe. Uh, The impact of uh, this uh, imagery, uh, particularly when deployed in a humorous, ironic, or comparative fashion, marginalizes modern Greece, banishing into the actual and metaphorical age of Europe by casting the Greeks as failed uh, wayward descendants of the European and Greek cultural legacy. It is often argued that the ancient past provides the yardstick against which the present is judged, while the prestige awarded to antiquity means that the modern is bound to to be found lacking. Talalei notes that few cartoons have uh, sounded a note of concern for the rank and file of Greece. And it is noticeable in the imagery used by the Western media that concern for and depiction of Greek heritage displaces concern for and depiction of uh, the Greek people. Uh, in effect, Greece's antiquities and heritage displace uh, Greeks as the inhabitants of Greece. But there is a, another side to the story. By contrast, the Greeks themselves used uh, antiquity to boost their national self-confidence in the midst of economic woes and political uncertainty. Particularly during the second half of uh, 2014, two two events demonstrated the politicization of the past and its use to counterbalance the crisis blues. The archaeological finds at the Amphipolis, and uh, we had a paper um, yesterday, uh, and the visit to Athens of uh, Amal Clooney, which uh, reignited the debate over the Parthenon sculptures and the return to Greece. The archaeological finds at Amphipolis caused a great deal of excitement and speculation as to who might be buried uh, there. Greek bloggers and some media fantasized that Alexander the Great lay there, though many knew this was unlikely. As Professor James Rome put it in uh, his blog, I quote, with their economy uh, cratering and their government shaky, the Greeks are praying that Alexander the Great or rather his mother or son, or one of his generals, will come to the rescue. Uh, turned into a media event and used as another piece of evidence for the Greekness of Macedonia, the excavation at Amphipolis was also deployed as a nationalist weapon in Greece's long-standing dispute with their northern neighbors. In this way emerges trustee of Hellenism, a champion of the exceptionalist discourse and moral booster in the crisis. Some have suggested that uh, it briefly became the equivalent of the nationalist great idea, the Magali there of 19th and early 20th centuries. After years of economic austerity, political tumult, and a humiliating international bailout, the then government uh, was eager for some uh, good news, and the Greeks, uh, desperate for heroes. The then uh, Prime Minister Antony Samaras displayed proudly on his tablet as you could see on the screen, the findings of the tomb are the, to the German Chancellor Angela Merkel, uh, while the promotional video marking the centenary of the Greek tourist organization is called God's Myths Heroes and focuses almost exclusively on antiquity, only towards the end uh, presenting a smooth but debatable transition to Christianity with the old gods taking on new names. I quote from the, the video which is available on YouTube. Uh, during the period of crisis, the video celebrates the light and the landscape of Greece creating the illusion that gods <coughs> and not real people inhabit uh, the country. In October uh, 2014, a young Anglo-Lebanese barrister, Amal Amaluddin, Alamuddin Clooney, recently married to a Hollywood star, reanimated the debate about the repatriation of the Parthenon sculptures. She visited Athens to offer her legal services and advice to the Greek government on how to secure the return. In the dark days of the crisis, the support of celebrities such as the Clunys for the campaign for the reunification of the sculptures was a badly needed boost to national pride. In response to this visit, the spectator offered the following advice. I quote, given the writing, economic meltdown, and general chaos of recent years, it would be easy to think that Greece had more immediate worries uh, than the whereabouts of a set of uh, decorative uh, stones rescued in the early 19th century. Uh, It went on to propose a compromise. Again, I quote, we will return the Elgin marbles once Greece has repaid that uh, 240 billion euros of emergency loans made by EU uh, states during the crisis and honored all its government bonds, end of quote. Uh, The Parthenon sculptures um, and the Amphipolis excavations are not the only story in town. References to Sparta grew during the years of crisis Uh, due to the promotion by the neo-Nazi party, Golden Dawn, whose members organized regular ritual ceremonies in Thermopylae in front of the statue of Leonidas, uh, celebrating the spirit of Sparta. In one of them, in July 2008, Elias Casidiaris said this about the role of Golden Dawn. You've got it there uh, on the screen. Where Sparta's shield patiently guarding the body of Greece. We continue our lonely course, suffering persecution, slander, and continuous onslaughts from our enemies who inflict deep cuts on our shield. We await the moment of the big counterattack following in the steps of the ancient cryptia uh, who uh, killed the city's internal enemies in complete darkness and silence. Uh, Some people, and you have got here this cryptia cafe comes from uh, uh, Laconia. Some people did indeed see parallels between the racist attacks of the Golden Dawn and the Spartan institution called uh, the cryptia, an elite troop of I- initiates. There are two different versions of their activities, one given by Plato and the other by Plutarch. According to Plutarch, uh, young Spartans enrolled in the uh, cryptia had the task of hiding by day and patrolling the Laconian countryside by night, murdering supposedly dangerous helots. Though the association of the cryptia with helot hunting has raised many questions, a number of historians have been uh, seduced by Plutarch's version and have seen it as a kind of secret police whose function was to eliminate any helots marked out as likely troublemakers. Among those uh, fascinated um, uh, with Sparta is the right wing Eurosceptic, Panagiotis Baltakos, who before the crisis wrote two historical novels that refer to Sparta and the cryptia. Totelos to Ephialti, translated as 300, uh, The Hand for Ephialti, uh, 2009, and "Ermokopides," 2006. Baltakos became cabinet secretary of the Samaras government and repeatedly expressed his Eurosceptic Uh, views, along with the support for Spartan values, Byzantine culture, the Orthodox Church, and the armed forces. He was forced to resign his post in uh, April 2014 after his secret talks with Golden Dawn members were revealed in a video. Though the polygenetic and nationalist discourse of Golden Dawn glorifies other historical periods and heroic figures of Hellenism, Thermopylae and Sparta are there uh, staple symbols of resistance and purity against the decline of the capitalist West. In en- ancient Sparta, they argue Lycurgus abolished gold and silver coins in order to promote virtue and stamp out corruption. And the Thermopylae 300 did not worship money and would not sup- uh, have supported the argument for the Euro at all costs, uh, or signed bailout uh, agreements. The resistance at Thermopylae is turned during the crisis into a perennial symbol of resistance towards the creditors and their demands. For Golden Dawn, the ideal of the nation uh, transcends capitalism and the barbarism of consumerism, while the moral superiority of the Greeks should be guided by the example of the Spartans. From the other side, obviously, um, I refer to the novel that uh, Eleni and others uh, have referred. Uh, which focuses on Athens, uh, but in this novel there is an implicit reference to the Golden Dawn. Um, I mean, the Rea Alanakis's novel *Akratapinosi*. One of the secondary characters in this novel returns to her village, tellingly called uh, uh, *Apano Riza* (Upper Root) in Crete, after her son uh, has perpetrated a racist attack, and she too has been stabbed by him. Her son defies the past and becomes a neo-Nazi, tarnishing her village and uh, desecrating the history of her parents, who had suffered at the hands of the Nazis during the war and making her abandoned crime-ridden Athens for her native island. Though the setting of the novel is the Athens of the Crisis, references to a mythical and historical past are evident. First, the title alludes to the orthodox iconography um, of the Man of Sorrows, Secondly, the organization of the novel has been compared to the structure of an ancient tragedy. And thirdly, the main female characters have modified their names to resemble ancient Greek ones. Uh, uh, Phyresia, Tiresia, uh, Theonymphi, Nymphi, while uh, Theonymphi's son is called Orestes. There is also an inversion of the myths involving Zeus, the abduction of uh, Europa and the Minotaur, and Galanakis' novel may be about what has been going on in Athens during the crisis, but it goes back to the history of Greece, and particularly to the protests of 1967, to the events of the Athens Polytechnic in 1973, and then to Dramatic Night of 12 February uh, 2012. Athens, not Sparta, as the birthplace of ancient tragedy is presented in the novel as a setting of a contemporary drama without a director or actors. Athens, I quote from the the novel, cannot get rid of its past. It will remain across the centuries an open air theater scene. The uh, the protected space of the care home where the two elderly female characters live is contrasted to the burning of a listed building in Athens during the episodes. The two women escape from the home dressed in a carnivalesque manner, uh, feeling liberated and elated as they join the demonstrations in central Athens. The real and mythical Athens coexist in the novel, and the contrasting historical and modern images of the city add to the historical dimension of the novel. The revolt against the past takes different forms in the novel, opposing sons to mothers and modern revolutionaries to old heroes, and questioning the role of older generations and the value of emblematic historic buildings. Galanakis' novel represents an eloquent case of the historical framing of a literary narrative. An ironic reference to the ancient past uh, could be found in a series of uh, ups created by Dimitris Taxis on the walls of Athens uh, with um, uh, such titles as, I wish you could learn something useful from the past. This illustrates the Greek predicament by showing a, a hunched boy stuck between past and present, sitting on a stack of books uh, with the names of Socrates, Plato, and Democracy on their spines, while others entitled Athens Means Luxury, (coughs) Economics, No Future, and Survival Guide weigh down on him uh, from above. The boy, like Atlas, shows signs of resignation, but is caught between past and present, unable to escape. As you can see, antiquity has been used in different ways by Westerners and Greeks during the crisis. The former refer back to it to illustrate modern failures. The latter deploy the ancient past as a source of pride and an opportunity for reflection. (laughs) cherry picking from Greece's history, Greeks and non-Greeks have searched for explanations for and antidotes to the crisis, conforming the instrumental Uh, confirming the instrumental role of the past in engaging with the crisis. Though Greece represents around 3% of the European economy, its cultural gravitas in uh, the European project is much greater than its economic weight. Another country of similar size might have been forced to leave the Eurozone, but Greece still occupies a special place in the uh, European imaginary. An article in the Guardian claimed that the Acropolis as a symbol of the country's glorious past and of modern democracy gives the Greek negotiating position huge moral strength. A quote from the article, the Eurozone Eurozone image and its cohesion would be irreparably damaged should the Acropolis come to represent the failure of EU institutions and not their success. Even Alexis Tsipras uh, seems to have realized the cultural capital of his country. In 2012, he gave an interview to the German magazine Stern. At the end of the interview, he led the interviewers on uh, to his office balcony, not in Maximum, but in Kumunduru, from which the Acropolis could be seen in the distance in the sunset. He concluded his interview with uh, this postscript. I quote, you know, this is my advantage over Mrs. Merkel. From my office, I have the view of 2,500 years of democracy. She can only see the Reichstag. Right uh, the past here is treated as a source of strength and pride. Cyprus feels that he has history on his side and is practicing a kind of archaeopolitics. Yet the politicians have never failed to remind Greeks that the crisis offers an opportunity for a fresh start and a break with the past. During the crisis, Greeks have ended up torn between evoking and overcoming the past, remembering and forgetting between a fear of regression to earlier, harsher times and op- optimism about renegotiating the way the past affects the present. In 1951, in order to connect with Fotini's paper, E.M. Foster reported the following reminiscences from his conversations with C.P. Kabaf. I quote, half humorously, half seriously, he once compared the Greeks and the English. The two people are almost uh, exactly alike, he argued. Quick-witted, resourceful, adventurous. But there is one unfortunate difference between us, one little difference. We Greeks have lost our capital, and the results are what you see. Pray, my dear Foster, or pray that you never lose your capital. Though Cavafy was likely to be referring to the capital of the Byzantine Empire, i.e. Constantinople, it is tempting to reinterpret this statement in the light of the present financial crisis and also refer to the title of this session. The Greeks may have ended up heavily in debt, having experienced their worst economic crisis, yet their past as cultural capital emerges as an even more contested area. One might rightly expect economic crisis to be about current difficulties and future solutions, but as I have shown here, the past is part and parcel of the debates and the politics of the crisis. The crisis has provided a perspective for revisiting the past and searching for causes, highlight- highlighting affective parallels, reviving memories, and triggering hybrid approaches to cultural heritage. These dialogics of past and present involves the resignification of the past and the recontextualization of the present. In conclusion, the crisis has made the past more public, more controversial, and more relevant. Thank you.